Shalom Aleichem, Shavuot Tov to all of you listeners of this great station. Uh, this is Rabbi Elbar from SLC. I want to talk about Parashat Mishpatim. In Parashat Mishpatim, there are 53 mitzvot. 42 out of those 53 are mitzvot ben Adam lahaveru, meaning mitzvot between man and his fellow man. For example, it talks about uh, laws by people that cause damage to other people or stealing a property of someone or being a shomer, watching over the property of someone else, lending money to the poor, all these kind of things. Now, but when the parasha starts, the first mitzvah that it starts with is when you buy a Jewish slave. And it says, It's going to work for six years. Seventh year, he goes free. Now, he can go free before that if it is Yobel. The Yobel, the 50th year, comes in. In between those six years, he still goes, goes free. Otherwise, six years. And here, according to Rashi, explains that this is talking about a man who stole money, who was a thief, and he could not give it back, he didn't have. So, he sold as a slave to pay back his theft. At the same time, he'll be living with a decent family, a normal family, for six years. And after living that long, we're a family that observes our laws properly. Hopefully, he'll be rehabilitated. The question, I'm sure you've heard this, perhaps you heard this question before. Why start with this mitzvah or David Avery? Why, why start with slavery? Why not lending money, for example? Start with, when you lend money to a poor man, to your fellow man, don't charge interest. That's nice. Good good place to start but start with slavery and I have two reasons one reason is like this now that they are leaving Mitzrayim they're leaving Egypt after being slaves for 210 years now that they have suffered so much and their lives were so bitter full of pain and suffering, now they would understand much better the plight of a slave, how much grief, how much anguish a slave goes through. Ah, then they'll be careful to abide by the laws. In other words, hey, you, you've been slaves for so long, you know what you endured. You know the pain that you had. Don't. Really, we should be very careful when you have a slave yourself. And it is very important because later on, you know, after a while, it will be different. And we do see that, actually. We see that in the Haftarah of Parashat Mishpatim, not the Haftarah Shekalim that we read yesterday, 
but the regular haftarah of mishpatim, which, which when it doesn't come, when it's not sheshekalim, then we read it. And then he talks about slave lords. In the days of Sitkiyahu, the last king of Israel, they, these lords, actually, they sealed a covenant. In other words, signed a special treaty. And they accepted upon themselves to release all the Jewish slaves as prescribed by the Torah, which is after six years. And they did. Unfortunately, afterwards, they reversed themselves and captured them again. And kept them as slaves. To which Hashem was very angry and he punished them by being conquered by the enemy and eventually the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. Hashem sent the Navir Miao to tell the people, you are reneging on your word. You're breaking the covenant. You sent the slaves free and then you took them back. Because of that, I will give you to your enemies. We see from here that way afterwards the whole idea of slavery like goes off the mind of the person. But now when from Egypt is fresh in their mind, now they know what it is to suffer. They know what a slave is and perhaps they will hold on to those laws very strictly. Uh, you know, they, they say a story about uh, Caesar. You know, we're talking Caesar was a Roman emperor way back. And uh, in those days, they, many times they had uh, revolts and assassinations. And one time there was a revolution against him and he ran away. And when he ran away, someone was a kind person, took him in. And he hid him under the bed. And he took, I mean, he took a risk in his life. So the, the soldiers came. Is the emperor here? No. So they checked around. And with the bed, what they did, they took their swords and they were like putting the swords in the mattress through and through. It just about touched him. It didn't kill him, but it touched him. They almost killed him, but it didn't. It stayed alive. Later, Caesar's uh, soldiers, of course, went ahead and they uh, overcame the the uh, uh, the rebels, and then Caesar was put back in his, on his throne. So he then he, he asked the people, the some messengers, to the guy that held him under the bed. Said, Come here. I want to give you a reward. So he asked him, what is it that you want? He says to uh, Caesar, he says to him, I want you to tell me how you felt when those rebel soldiers were sticking those swords on a mattress, almost killing you. How did you feel? So the emperor thought for a minute, and then he said to him, how dare you talk to me like that? I'm the emperor. Take him. Put him in a dungeon. 
tomorrow I want him to be hanged. But only by me. I want to be the one who is going to tie the noose around his neck. And so it was. The next morning, they take him. They put the noose around his neck. And the emperor comes and says to him, he whispers to his ear, You wanted to know how I felt? Well, you know how you feel right now? That's how I felt. In other words, when a person is in a certain situation, he experiences a grave, serious situation in which he feels pain and suffering. Then he knows what it is. Then he understands fully what that pain and suffering is. And now, because they are slaves, it's the time to tell them about it. The Shla Kadosh and the Ibn Ezra give a different answer. It's, they say like this, to substitute one avdut for another. Meaning, before Hashem is going to give any other instructions regarding other mitzvot, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling the Bnei Yisrael, wait a minute, you are avadim to mitzvahim, right? Now you're going to substitute that servitude to Egypt to be my servants. Now that you know what it is to be a servant, you don't ask any questions. You follow what the master tells you. It gives you a hundred tasks to do. You don't do 99 and forget about the hundredth. You do exactly as he says. Well, now you substitute that for me. Now you're going to be my servants. And if I have 613 commandments to give you, then you're going to do 613, not 612, because then you're not a true Evid. So just like a slave does not question his master's order and does them automatically, so the Bnei Israel are supposed to do Hashem commandment with no questions asked. This is the purpose of the Avdut Misraim, says the Shla HaKadosh. Now, in Parashat Mishpatim, also talks about something else. And this is something that has been going around for the last few months, perhaps even more. And I'm not going to solve the problem. But I just want to give certain precepts from the Torah regarding that situation. This has to do, obviously, with immigration. The Torah says like this, a, a ger, meaning a stranger, a resident stranger, you shall not taunt him, you shall not mock him, not oppress him. You yourself, you were strangers in Egypt, so you should understand that. And in fact, there is another pasuk in the same parasha, so it's the same thing. Again, do not oppress the resident stranger. What does that mean? Does this mean any stranger? 
This is talking about one who's resident, one that had been accepted already. Not just anybody that comes in, he's been accepted. Now, in the last few weeks, there's been a lot of talk going on in the, in the U.S. and there were other countries perhaps about illegal immigrants, building walls, having secure borders. All I want to do is give you some pointers but what I think the Torah talks says about these things. First, let's look at the two extremes. There's one extreme where we should accept, another extreme which we should reject. One of the extremes to accept is, well, let me give you an example. In the late 1970s, an Israeli cargo ship noticed a small boat with 66 Vietnamese people in it. Now, those people haven't eaten for three, four days, hardly anything to drink. They were dying, almost dying. The captain called Menachem Begin, who was the prime minister at the time. He told him, we have to accept them. We accept them. And they did. And they went to Israel. Okay. That's fine. We're talking about here a case of people dying. You know something? Even the United States, unfortunately, and I say this is a black mark, a horrible mark in their history vis-a-vis -vis the Jewish people. Yes, in 1939, there was a ship called the St. Louis with 900, oh, excuse me, 739 passengers in it. Okay? All Jews. And these came from Germany, escaping the Nazi horror. Franklin Roosevelt will not accept them. He sent them back. Once they came back, they all perished. That's not right. This is one extreme question of Piku Ahnefesh. We should, humanitarian thing. What? That's okay. We should, we should make an effort to accept them. Now, what happens to the other extreme? What happens if these people, we know that these people are no good? They may be murderers, terrorists, like those terrorists come in Eretz Israel. Now, what do we do with that? It turns out there's a pasuk in Parashat Vezot Beracha when Moshe Rabbeinu is giving a blessing to Asher and he says, Barzel unchoshet min alecha. Your borders would be sealed like iron and copper. What does that mean? And Rashi, Alava Shalom, and whatever Rashi says is Kadosh. Rashi says, Achshav humidaber neged kol Israel. Now he's talking about to all the, all the, all Israel, not only Asher. Shehayu giborehem yoshvim ve'areha safa ve'noalim That the strong people, 
They used to dwell in the cities that are on the border of Israel. And they had gates that they would actually lock very strongly. So the enemy doesn't come in. It is as if the town is, is, is locked in with locks and bars. Now, this is telling us something here. It's telling us, wait a minute, we're allowed, if we know an enemy is coming in, or if we know that terrorists are going to be coming in, we got to do something about it. Do some locking. A wall. Israel actually built a wall between them and the Palestinians. And you know what? Since they did so, the number of bombings dropped dramatically from 10 years before that. Yes, it helped. Sure. So this is the other extreme. Murderers, terrorists, bandits, criminals, they have no right to be coming and we don't have to accept them. We should repel them. But now let's look at three different things now. What about just the concept of having borders? It talks, it says, actually, it says, When Akadosh Baruch Hu, who is the Most High, he, he distributed to the nations their law, their pieces, when he separated the sons of men, he actually set up Gvulim. What does that mean? Boundaries. It's not boundaries. The concept of boundaries, Gvul, is written in the Torah. That's right. Yasev Gebulot Amim. Well, it's obvious. I mean, there gotta be boundaries between different people. Well, each nation is different from the other. The British are not like the Japanese. The Japanese are like the Italians. The Italians are not like the, they're like the Chinese. The concept of borders is something that we should understand. And the Israelis are not like the Arabs. No way. We should accept that concept. Now, there's another thing that we have to understand. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to give a solution to the problem here, but I'm trying to tell you what the Torah says. So, do we allow just anyone that wants to come in? Not necessarily. There are other considerations. Besides the fact they could be criminals, other things. And, for example, economics. Well, we know the halakha is, First of all, if you have poor people that are your relatives, and poor people that are strangers, your relatives come first. The poor people of your own town, and the poor people of a different town, the people of your own town come first. And you can extrapolate that also, the poor people in your land 
and the people in the other land, the poor in the the poor in your land, come first. Well, there's something that you may not know or you haven't heard of, and that is how many people in the United States who are below the poverty line. Uh, a poverty level is something that's defined by the government. Whatever that is, 10,000 or 12,000, I don't remember exactly what it is now. You know how many? 14% of the people in the United States are below the poverty line. 14%. Out of what, 350 million? That's a lot. In Israel, it's even higher than that. Even higher than that. So what does, it, what does this mean? It means if people are coming in from other places, but they are criminals, maybe they are poor people, but wait a minute, you come here and you take the bread out of the mouth of the native residents. Is that fair? Not fair. There's only so many jobs available. The others come take the jobs that the native need. It's not fair either. It's not right. Another thing, and that is the Navir Miyahu says in Perek Kaftet Pasuk Zain. Remember, the Bnei Israel also went in exile. And Yermiel told them about that ahead of time. But he says to them, he warns them, Dirshu et shalom ha'ir. You should seek the peace of, of the land where you are. Asher higliti etchem shama, where I exiled you. Vehit palelu ba'adah el Hashem. And pray for it, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pray for you that land, for the city where you are. Pray for it. Ki bishlomah, yehyeh lachem shalom. If there is peace in that land, there will be peace also for you. If there is no peace in that land, who do you think is going to target right away? Huh? Who's going to be the guinea pig? Of course the Jews. So therefore, he's saying, we are supposed to follow the rules of the land we're in. This is what the Navi says. Gotta follow what the Navi says. Well, people that come illegally and sometimes commit crimes against the law of the land, well, they're violating the words of the great prophet in Miel. So to summarize, it looks like what it says here is we should have secure borders and make, to make sure that no enemy or terrorists or criminals come in. First, take care of your own citizens and then the next ones and foreigners just like the natives that must abide by the law of the land. If they commit crimes, they have no right to be in this country. Well, Rabotai, after knowing all these things we talked about, perhaps you might come up yourselves with a proper solution what is the right thing to do here in the United States. Rabotai, I want to wish you a very good week and soon it's going to be Rosh Hodesh 
ולווי ראש חודש אדר, מה שנכנס אדר, מרבים בשמחה. This is time we're going to be much, much happier, and hopefully we'll be happy enough even more if we can receive finally our Mashiach. Amen. I just want to remind you again that this station is a very great station. It does a lot of benefit to all the people around here. And if you can afford, please contribute as much as you can. To keep it going. If you have a simcha. Whether it's a wedding. Whether it's a bar mitzvah. Brit milah. Engagement. We have a beautiful hall. At SLC. Please call us. We'll be happy to accommodate you. Shalom Aleichem. Shavua Tov. Chapter 103. את אמכו ברכי נפשי את אדוני ואל תשכחי כל גמוליו. הסולח לכל עווניכי, הרופא לכל תחלואיכי, הגואל משחת חייכי, המעטרכי חסד ורחמים, המשביע בטוב עדיך, תתחדש כנשר נעורייכי. עושה צדקות אדוני ומשפטים לכל עשוקים יודיע דרכיו למשה לבני ישראל עלילותיו רחום וחנון אדוני ערך אפיים ורמחסן לא לנצח ירים ולא לעולם יתור לא חחתנו עשה לנו ולא חעבונותינו גמל עלינו, כי חגבו השמיים על הארץ, גבר חסדו על יראיו, ירחוק מזרח ממערב, ירחיק ממנו את פשענו, כרחם אב על בנים, ריחם אדוני על יראיו, כי הוא ידע יצרנו, זכור כי עפר אנחנו, אנוש כחציר ימיו. כציץ השדה, כן יציץ, כי רוח ורבו ואיננו, ולא יכירנו עוד מקומו, וחסד אדוני מעולם ועד עולם, על יראיו וצדקתו לבני בנים, לשומרי בריתו, וזוכרי פיקודיו. לעשותם אדוני בשמיים הכין כיסאו ומלכותו בכל משלה ברכו אדוני מלאכיו גיבורכו וחוסי דברו לשמוע בכל דברו ברכו אדוני כל צבעיו משרתיו עושה רצונו ברכו אדוני כל מעשיו בכל מקומות ממשלתו ברכי נפשי את אדוני מאוטן פרוט For over 15 years, Mountain Fruit has been the preferred grocery for the discerning kosher consumer providing meat, fish and produce departments, delicious takeout and so much more Visit us today, 1523 Avenue M or call us for free delivery, 855-MT-FRUIT Also inquire about our member program, Mountain Fruit, the peak of quality, 1523 Avenue M.
855-MT-FRUIT. Visit us online at shopmountainfruit.com. <laughs> 